Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. It is September the 8th, 2021, 7.02 on your Tucson morning. And, uh, wow, what a jam-packed show we have for you today. Lots of stuff going on. Two of my favorite things we're going to be talking about today. Sports, which, you know, hence the name Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> we'll be talking a lot of sports today, as we always do, every day, single here, you know, here on the Jeff Dean Show. But we're also going to be talking some food today as Sonoran Restaurant Week kicks off on September 10th. Always a great cause is uh, Sonoran Restaurant Week there in the uh, in the city of Tucson. Lots of uh, restaurants and uh, a lot of people in the community getting involved in that. And we're going to have a couple of uh, conversations about that today. Joining us at 7.30 is the co-creator of Sonoran Restaurant Week, Laura Reese. She's going to join us to talk about everything that you can expect to find in Sonoran Restaurant Week and all the different uh, perks and, and, uh, and the, the places that are, that are involved um, and all, all kinds of other things that we, you know we're going to talk about because I'm just excited to talk food because city of Tucson, you've heard me mention it before, pound for pound, some of the best food in the entire country. Like, I, yeah, the food in Tucson, I, I mean, that's part of the reason why I love going to Tucson is all the great food, and there are lots of great contributors this week, uh, the upcoming week to Sonoran Restaurant Week. Also, in hour number two, another one of my favorite things, beer. We're going to be talking with the CEO of Borderlands Brewing Company and their involvement in Sonoran Restaurant Week and uh, some of the ins and outs of their, uh, their wonderful craft beer that you can get down there at Borderlands, uh, one of my favorites whenever I visit Tucson. So uh, we'll be talking some sports, food, beer. It's, it's like the perfect day today. It's just wonderful. And in, in those sports, we're going to be talking – folks, let me be honest with you, it's mainly football today. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's the topic at hand. The NFL kicking off its season tomorrow night. Cowboys, Buccaneers, big matchup. There's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot at stake here for both teams. I mean, honestly, the Buccaneers, who have been basically concentrating on coming out with a vengeance and with a fire to defend their title to the best that they can, almost in a sense that, like, Tom Brady wants to have another undefeated season. Now, I mean – Obviously, every quarterback, every player wants to go undefeated. That's like the big dream, like to go undefeated. It's going to be even more difficult this year with the 17-game schedule. And, uh, look, you know, the NFC is crazy tough this year. The NFC South is going to be really good again with the Saints. I think the Panthers are an underrated team. And the Falcons, I think, uh, always are going to possess a threat with Matt Ryan and those two receivers that they got. So, you know, it's going to be difficult for the Buccaneers to, to go 17-0. I know a lot of people are like, oh, 17-0 for the Bucks this year. But that's the mentality they're coming out with. The Cowboys, on the other hand, they need respect from day one. They need right away. And they need to establish their quarterback. They need to establish to the rest of the league that Dak Prescott is healthy, that he's ready, that he's prepared, that the ankle is not going to be a problem, the, you know, the ankle, the foot is going to be a problem, and the shoulder that has kept him out of the preseason for most of the preseason is not going to be a problem either. They also have a lot to prove defensively. It's one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. They fire Mike Nolan. They bring in Dan Quinn. 
new defensive coordinator. They've got a spectacular rookie in Micah Parsons. They've got themselves, you know, one hell of a uh, of a Swiss Army knife there at linebacker. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. But the Cowboys have a lot to prove as one of the favorites. Like it, it's it's one it's one of those situations where like people either think the Cowboys are going to win eleven games or they're going to win six. You're not exactly sure which Cowboy team you're going to get this year. And obviously, health and injuries has a lot to do with all that. COVID protocols also going to be a fixture over the next 21 weeks or so as we get through the regular season, the playoffs, and all that. So that's always going to be an an issue as well, especially for those teams that are dealing with the competitive disadvantage that was created by the NFL in in stating that non-vaccinated players are going to cost their teams more, essentially, than vaccinated players will. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on, of course, as uh, as we look through the season. But it all kicks off tomorrow night. Big, big game, big ramifications. Both teams going for it in the NFC this year. So uh, it's, a, it's a great way to kick off the NFL season tomorrow night. I'll have some picks tomorrow for the NFL season. I'll pick all my division winners. I'll go through the playoffs. We'll do our whole full preseason prediction going all the way to the Super Bowl and who I think my eventual Super Bowl champion will be. I'll also go back and revisit from, God, I think it was probably five weeks ago now when I made all of my preseason, like my super early preseason predictions for like MVP and rookies of the year and all that stuff. We'll go back and revisit some of those because some of those may have changed a little bit. Uh, I know for one that my – my offensive rookie of the year has changed from its original uh, from its original uh, my original choice that I made several weeks ago. So we'll go through some of that. I'll make some of the picks for you guys, and and uh, it's just kind of fun just to kind of talk about talk about the you know the, the NFL and making predictions. And of course, with the sports books opening up at midnight tonight, you can actually go on the FanDuel Sports app if you haven't downloaded it yet. Make sure you get on that. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. And that way you can be ready in the morning to start placing your bets. Uh, and we're going to talk about throughout the day, today, tomorrow, how you can get some bonuses, some bonus money, free cash essentially to uh, to spend on the FanDuel app. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on in the show. Also, my text to win contest, the to win my tickets, my season tickets to the Wildcats game this Saturday. We're going to be I'm going to be giving away. Two pairs of tickets. I have four tickets. I'm going to be giving away two pairs of tickets every single week of a home game. We're going to give away those two uh, to two lucky listeners. The way you do that is by listening for your cue to text. I will give you today's keyword, and I already have it in my head of which one I want to use. And I'll give you the number, and then you have a window with you know within the text. Essentially, I don't know if it's like 15 minutes or you know 20 minutes or whatever. Uh, there's a window where essentially you know it stops registering uh, you know it, uh, entries. And then you have to wait again until the next hour or the next day, depending on, uh, you know, when you hear it. So be listening for your cue to text. We'll have one each hour, one in the 7 o'clock hour, one in the 8 o'clock hour, for your chance to enter to win my tickets to Saturday's game against San Diego State. If you've been on Twitter, if you've been on social media, you've seen Coach Jed Fish pleading with the fans. I mean, literally, not, not, not begging, but just like, look, this is what uh, this is what home field advantage does for your team. Uh, you know, he talked about the percent. If five percent of the people who either live in Tucson and or alumni in Tucson and uh, or not Tucson uh, alumni in in the in the Phoenix area, uh, if five percent of those people make it to the game, they'll have a full house. Just five percent. 
That's all he's asking for. I don't think that's too much to ask. Get 7,000 fa- uh, 7, students in there. Get another 45,000 people in there, 40, uh, 46,000. Fill the building. And give yourself that immaculate home field advantage that is oh so important in sports. You know, I've talked about it before on the show, and I, I did, a, I did a, a comprehensive study, essentially, on my own. It took me several days to do this, to compile all of the records of every single team over the last 20 years, just basically in the 21st century, their home records, and how well teams performed at home, how leagues changed at home. Now, I did not do college football and college basketball because – well, I didn't have three weeks to do the to compile the uh, the information. Doing college basketball would three hundred and thirty teams that would just suck. That would take like a year to compile all that information for a twenty year uh, twenty year sample. College football would you know with one hundred and thirty teams, it's expanded over the over the last twenty years, of course, from like one hundred and six to one hundred and thirty. But uh, that would take quite some time too. I think it's fair to say that home field and home court advantage in at the collegiate level is much greater, and I mean much, much greater than it is in professional sports. Now, in that study, it found that essentially the closer the fans are to the field of play, the greater amount of home field advantage the league got. NBA, surprisingly, had the greatest home field advantage of all the sports. Major League Baseball had the least. Now, people say, well, Jeff, Major League Baseball fans are right there. Yes, fans are not paying attention half the time in a Major League Baseball game. They're not screaming and cheering. It's very situational. It happens like once every two or three innings that fans will actually rise to the occasion and cheer on the team. There's very little fan interaction in Major League Baseball except for the drunk yokel screaming obscenities at the other opposing teams or people giving the thumbs down to their own players after their players have given them the thumbs down. Um, Go New York. But the study basically showed that that the closer your fans are, the more they can influence the outcome of games. And it, it, it spoke to me because, I mean, honestly, when I was doing the study, I said, like, okay, well, and then I, not looking at the actual attendance numbers, okay, per se, but I know which teams have been sellout teams for the last, you know, the last two decades and which teams haven't. And those teams – consistently scored higher than other teams in the league. Teams that sell out games, and this is in the professionals, teams that have more sellouts have greater winning percentages at home. Now, granted, it goes hand in hand, okay? The better your team is, the more fans you're going to attract, right? That's just that's the way sports fans are. It doesn't matter what city you live in. doesn't matter the sport. Fans are attracted to winners, okay? That's just that's the way it, it's, it's been for as long as I've been alive. And that's quite some time. Uh, but in the study that I did, I found that to be very much the case. Successful teams had bigger crowds. Did the success lead to the bigger crowd, or did the bigger crowd lead to the success? I would like to think it was a little bit of both. I think it was probably success 60%, crowd 40%, but I don't think it was all that far off because the study showed the exact same thing throughout. Like there was no deviation. There wasn't like some team – that draws 4,000 people a game had the best record for like eight seasons in a row. Like it just, you didn't see that. So I think it's, I think they kind of go hand in hand, to be honest, which is why it's so important to have a big crowd. Now, I don't know 
How many of you have ever played in front of a, a stadium of people? If you've been lucky enough to play big-time sports, whether it be basketball, hockey, baseball, football, whatever, you know, whatever have you, in front of a large crowd, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking like thousands of people, 8,000, 9,000, 10,000, or even the bigger numbers. If any of our U of A letter winners are out there playing in front of 15,000 at McHale or 55,000 at Arizona Stadium, the feeling is it's exponentially different. It is unbelievable. Now, me personally, I kind of, I kind of was able to focus. I would go into my – I called it my bubble. As soon as I crossed over the line to go onto the field of play, it was almost like a physical, like, and there I was in my bubble, focused and only communicating with my teammates. There was just the 22 on the field and my coaches. And those were the only people I could hear. I couldn't hear, you know, people would say afterwards, like, did you hear a scream? And I'm like, nope, didn't hear a thing. Couldn't hear you, didn't hear the band, didn't hear any of that stuff. Because as soon as I went in, as soon as I crossed over that, it was weird. It was like a, like a, like a film in between, like the sideline and the field. Like I'd cross through it. It was like a, like a, you know, some kind of a, a cell or something. It almost felt like you'd almost feel it. It was weird. Now I know a lot of people that I talk to, teammates stuff like that. They're like, no, I can hear everything going on. I'm like, that's cool. I can't hear a damn thing. I can only hear. I hear the quarterback's cadence. I can hear the guys talking across from me. I can hear my teammates, and I can hear my coach screaming. You know, whatever he was screaming at the time. That's it. Didn't hear anything else. But I know a lot of players don't have that same experience. People feed off of the crowd. I played offensive line. Nobody's cheering for us, okay? The only time they, the only time they acknowledge us is when we gave up a sack and, uh, or, we, you know, we missed a block, something. Get that guy out of there. But, uh, you know, I do believe that, that, that crowd enhancement does influence the, out, the outcomes of games, at home games. I really do. And in college – I think we all can agree that home field advantage is huge because there's a different feel around college football, college basketball, college sports. It's the, you know, like, you know, what are they, what, you know, what they always call it, the pomp and pageantry of college sports. And, yeah, it's, it's a real thing. And I'm going to be honest, folks, a bigger crowd gives Arizona a better chance to win. I, I'm just I'm saying it straight out. A better crowd gives the Arizona Wildcats – football team, basketball team, a better chance to win. Why do you think McHale Center has had, I mean, over the last 25 years, if it's not the greatest, I think it may have slipped over the last five or six years, if it's not the best winning percentage in all of college basketball, it's the second best winning percentage in all of college basketball for home games because every single game is sold out. I've I've sat and listened, and well, unfortunately we may get into talking about this guy a little bit later on, I've sat in in middle of a conversation between Mark Few and Sean Miller and talking about how impressive the crowd was at McHale. And Mark Few had no idea that he thought that he thought that the crowds at Gonzaga influenced the outcomes of games. And then he came to Tucson and was like, "Holy smokes, this is insane! No wonder nobody wants to schedule Arizona in basketball <laughs> because nobody wants to play there." Why do you think Duke and North Carolina stopped coming here? Because can't win. Can't win a game at McHale. Why? Fans. 15,000 rabid screaming fans all wearing red, cheering in unison for the same team. It's facts, folks. It's reality. It's like physics. You cannot deny it. And, yes, there have been plenty of occasions where a sold-out home crowd 
went home dejected and feeling sorry for themselves, cursing the head coach and the players, wanting to call into the radio program after the game and call out every single person that may or may not have had an outcome of the game. It happens, okay? Sometimes you just get up, get beat by a better team. But if all things being equal, and I'm looking at this weekend's game, Arizona right now is a one-point favorite at home against San Diego State. That's basically the line, the, the line setter saying it's an, even, it's an even sum game. It's, it's an even matchup between these two teams. If everything being even, I'd bet on the team that's playing at home. Why? Because the home crowd is always going to be influential. It is extremely important for Wildcat football to have the fans out there. They've worked so hard. And, like, I, I've, I've, said this, I've said this before. They've worked so extremely hard this offseason that we owe them. We owe them our time. We owe them a few bucks of our entertainment budget if, if we have it. I'm not, you know, asking anybody to go out and spend $300 on tickets. Okay? There's affordable tickets in the stadium, and if you can't afford those, that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> Trust me. I've been there. Okay? Radio people, uh, you know, people in my profession, you can walk into the office one day, someone else is sitting in your chair, go to the boss, you're like, uh, hey, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, uh, you're fired, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's fun. Did I get walked out by security now? Yes, here he's right here. Clean out your locker. Okay. Uh, so I get it. And especially in these times, look, times are tough right now. Totally understand. But if you have the means... Or if you're listening to this show right now and you have an opportunity to win tickets coming up sometime in this hour and in hour number two, go to the game, support your team, be a fan, be a true fan. Go out there and have a good time. Look, Arizona Stadium's a great experience now, regardless of where you sit. Be a 7 o'clock kick, or 7.30 kick, should say. And, uh, or no, 7.07, that's when it's kicking off. What, what, time am I, what time am I supposed to be on Saturday? <laughs> I don't even know yet. I haven't gotten that far in a week, folks. I'll be honest with you. Seven oh seven. Okay. All right. So, be there. Be loud. Be proud. Wear your red. Support the team. Support the the staff and the players that have worked so hard over the last several months to get themselves ready for this season to put a winner on the field and go out there and cheer them on. Just, just that's all I can say. Let's do our part as fans. Sports betting is here, folks. FanDuel Sportsbook is celebrating with 40-to-1 odds on any Week 1 NFL game. Now, I don't know about you, but if I could win $200 on a $5 bet, <laughs> sign me up. Where do I, where do I begin? Where, where, do I, you know, where do I get in line for that? It's not a Hail Mary, folks. It's just simple. New customers are going to get 40-to-1 odds when you place your first wager. FanDuel Sports is making betting simple. The app is easy to use. You download it. Everything's right there. The tabs are right there. You can pick from a multitude of different types of, uh, of bets, and there's different lines, all kinds of different uh, wager options and things like that. Plus, when you win, you'll get paid in as few as 24 hours. Now, I've mentioned my little risk-free bet for this uh, for week one, free, free of charge for you. I like the 49ers minus seven. If you can find them for seven, that's great. A lot of them have the hook now, seven and a half. I like the 49ers minus seven. Um, in that game against the Lions, I've said why. Like, the Lions went winless in the preseason. Winless preseason teams, 74% of the time, are they lose against the spread in their week one game. Just It's just it's it's simple math, folks. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book, hooking you up with exclusive odd boosts, great promotions, and so much more. To get your booster, just sign up with the promo code DEAN. 
That's D-E-A-N. When you sign up, use the promo code DEAN, and you could win $200 on a $5 bet. That's promo code DEAN, exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over, present in Arizona. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus $200. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. More after this, it's the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Get your college football weekend party started early. Join Spears and Ali and myself this Friday from 3 to 6 for Bear Down Friday. Yes, coming down for it, folks. I can't miss the first one of the year. It's going to be taking place at Main Gate Square right there at University between Euclid and Park. The radio stations are all going to be there, including ESPN Tucson. You can join the entire Tucson community as we get ready to cheer on our Wildcats now, between 4 and 7, you can enjoy the happy hour specials at the restaurants and the patios that are right there next to Main Gate Square. Uh, there's the pep rally that's going to be going on at 6 o'clock. There's a Junior Cats activity zone for kids, so bring the entire family out. <clears throat> now, the pep rally, just like as if you were in high school or college back in the day, features the Pride of Arizona marching, brand, marching band. Cheerleaders are going to be out there, Palm Squad, Twirlers, and, of course, the lovable Wilbur and Wilma, our very own Wildcats, are going to be out there as well. Uh, there's chances to win tickets to the game on Saturday and a whole lot more. If you want information, go to ESPNTucson.com and bear down, Arizona. So looking quickly here, uh, so we've got we've got Laura Reese from uh, Sonoran Restaurant Week coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, we'll be talking to her in a, in a few minutes, talking to all things that's going to be going on at Sonoran Restaurant Week. Very excited for that. Uh, a little... This little interesting tidbit that I saw last night that gave me a chuckle. Now, boxing and fight entertainment and stuff, they're always trying new ways to uh, entice people to buy their their pay-per-views, right? So it's always what it is. Well, (coughs) the upcoming fight card that is a a four-fight telecast that's going to be coming up uh, this weekend for, for HBO is going to feature an alternate broadcast. Okay, Now, Holyfield, Evander Holyfield has stepped in for Oscar De La Hoya. He's going to fight Vito Belfort. Evander Holyfield is 58 years old. He's going he's to fight former UFC champ, of course, Vito Belfort, who's only 44. is a spring chicken in this fight. There's also Anderson Silva versus Tito Ortiz. Should be great. David Hay versus Joe Fournier. It'll be awesome, too. But the alternate commentary is going to be former President Donald Trump and his son, Donald Trump Jr. They're going to be at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida, to uh, commentate the fight. Donald Trump said, I love great fighters and great fights. I look forward to seeing both this Saturday night and sharing my thoughts ringside. You won't want to miss this special event. Tremendous. It's huge. Trump 75, of course, I mean, he knows he hosted a ton of fights and stuff in, uh, in his Atlantic City casinos in the, in the 80s and the 90s and, um, you know, obviously has, you know, has been around the fight game a lot. Um, we've seen celebrity commentators before. Uh, what was that? In, in the Roy Jones-Mike Tyson fight, right? Snoop Dogg was on the, was on the telecast. So this is not the first time that, uh, that they've gone into the, the old celebrity bag 
and pulled in some uh, some celebrity commentary. But yeah, Donald Trump Sr. and Donald Trump Jr. will be the alternate commentators for the upcoming fight. Now the uh, viewers will have the option to purchase either the main telecast, which is going to be Jim Lampley and former champ Sean Porter, or you can get the Trump Gamecast. Each one of those costing forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> so, the Trumps going to be calling uh, a fight game. I, listen, I don't know. I may just tune in. I may just buy that. Well, I can't buy it because I'll be at the I'll be at the game. But I don't know. Something uh, something tells me it, it's going to be it's it's going to be must must listen to or must see TV. I mean, it's just to see Holyfield fight Vito Belfort. I think is going to be a spectacle on its own. Uh, Holyfield at 58 freaking years old. All right. Uh, I believe we are going to have Laura Reese coming up. We're going to take a quick break. Okay, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back with Laura Reese, the, the co-creator of Sonoran Restaurant Week. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, we talked my second love, which is college football. Now we need to talk about my first love, which is food. And a big event coming up, the 10-day event, the annual 10-day event coming up, which is Sonoran Restaurant Week. And joining us right now is the co-creator of Sonoran Restaurant Week, Laura Reese. She joins us right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Laura, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, doing good. I'm so excited to hear that food is is one of your first loves makes me happy. Well, you know, I, I from from Tucson originally. Um, it was one of those situations where, like, as a as a baby, kind of, I didn't want my food. This is what my, my my family always told me. They're like, you never wanted your own food. You always wanted what else was on somebody else's plate. Uh, kind of like the dog that has a <laughs> toy and then only wants the toy that the other dog is playing with. I would have much rather had the burrito <laughs> or the steak or the burger or something that the the family was eating. I didn't want the you know the mashed peas or whatever was in front of me and. So I started eating, like, regular food at a very early age, and that's probably why I'm in the situation I am now where I can't just stop eating. But some of the restaurants on the list in uh, in this upcoming week's Sonoran Restaurant Week are some of my all-time favorites in the city of Tucson. Now, how did, like, this whole oh, thing get that's started? Exciting. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, yeah. I mean, the list is incredible. But how did everything get started? Oh, good. With I'm so glad. Week? I'm excited to hear what some of your favorites are. Um, but yeah, this got started um, a couple years ago. We had our first year in 2019. Um, I had a conversation actually with Visit Tucson. They had been doing all this great work promoting our uh, Tucson as a city of gastronomy. Uh, we got that designation a couple of years ago, and they kept hearing from reporters all over the country, that's exciting, that's great, when is your restaurant week? And uh, we did not have one. <laughs> And so uh, we kind of were like, you know what? We're the city of gastronomy. We have such an incredible array of so many different kinds of restaurants to showcase in our city. So let's put together a restaurant week where people uh, can go explore menus from different places at discounted pricing and just support local. Now, how many restaurants are participating in in the upcoming uh, Sonoran Restaurant Week? Because there's a lot of them. I think we have exactly 50. Yeah, some of those have multiple brick-and-mortar locations, but we've got 50 different uh, brands. So 50 different brands. I mean, I'm just looking at the list here. First of all, you know, two of my favorite spots for beer and food, Barrio Brewing Company and Borderlands, both on the list there, two of my favorite places. 
Um, another place that I've been to quite often that uh, they've got like these, they get these beet chips. I never thought I would eat beet chips in my entire life, uh, but Bottega Michelangelo, <laughs> they have like these beet chips, and they're just delicious. So you just go there for beet chips and wine, and it's amazing. Of course, their food is amazing. Um, and then there's so many other places like Mama Luisa's, which I grew up on. I, mean, I was going there since I was just a little boy um, in, in Tucson as well. Some of the some of the great restaurants and great heritage restaurants in the city of Tucson as well. Yeah, and I love that you've mentioned like a couple different styles of food between the you know the breweries to Italian food. Um, you know, sometimes with the it's called Sonoran Restaurant Week because of our region where we live in the Sonoran Desert here. Um, but it's not just limited to Sonoran style food. We've got lots of different kinds of food available, lots of different varieties of restaurants participating. Um, even some new ones too. We've got some brand new restaurants that opened up this year. If you can believe it or not, I can't yeah. believe. I, uh, I, it's a special kind of bravery for <laughs> the restaurants that opened up in the last 18 months. Um, but like the Barnyard Craft House on the far east side on Tango Verde, um, Barrio Charo is a new restaurant um, that's kind of a mashup between Barrio Bread and uh, the Charo family of restaurants. I think it's mm. off of Campbell. That's brand new. Um, so it'll be kind of exciting if people want to, you know, if you've been eyeing that new restaurant that you haven't yet had the right excuse to go check out, well, now's your time. Now, for some of the listeners out there that are on the more bougie side of things, do you guys have, like, some kind of a, a VIP event that's that's going to be going on with Sonoran Restaurant Week, people looking to, to get into one of those type events? We do. We do. And actually, it just sold out, so that's really exciting. It's actually a fundraiser for our, our nonprofit partner. Um, it's happening tomorrow night. Um, our nonprofit partner is the San Javier Co-op Farm. There's more information about that on our website at SonoranRestaurantWeek.com. Really, really cool heritage farm to uh, check out and support in town. Um, and the event is actually um, kind of a sneak peek or preview of the Sonoran Sip Room. And while we all are sold out of the VIP tickets for that, the Sip Room will actually be open all throughout Sonoran Restaurant Week. So that's not your only chance to check it out. Um, and the Sip Room is uh, going to be at Hotel Congress. And it's essentially like a consolidated tasting room. We're going to have a bunch of different local wines that you can buy flights or tasters of. We have a bunch of different mezcals and agave spirits that you can go taste. Um, and there'll be live music there every every night that it's open. So, it's, yeah, it's kind of a chance to go grab a pre- or post-dinner drink, um, sip what our, our region tastes like, and then go enjoy dinner. Sonoran Sip Room. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as much as I love food, I do love uh, I, I do love to sip on the spirits as well. So, yeah, that's uh, that's something that's definitely going to be. That's actually a it's actually a brand new feature that we have this year, and I know that you're also a craft beer fan. I believe we're going to have Crooked Tooth and a couple other local brewers represented there also. But yeah, I mean, lots of uh, Flying Leap. Um, Dos Cabezas, a lot of the different like wines that are grown here in southern Arizona, um, or made here, excuse me, in southern Arizona, and then yeah, a bunch of different agave spirits. If you go to SonoranRestaurantWeek.com, you can kind of get a list of some of those because we'll be featuring different wines and different spirits each night that it's open. Laura Reese, co-creator of Sonoran Restaurant Week, joining us right here on the Jeff Dean Show, and you know you mentioned you mentioned wine and wineries in southern Arizona. It's something that I didn't even realize was a thing. I mean, most people just say, "Oh, it's you know Napa, California, and that's the only place where you can get wine in the state of or in in the in the United States." But really, I mean, Southern Arizona has quite a booming uh, wine industry. 
Oh my gosh, it does. It really, really does. And it's, it's receiving more and more, you know, national recognition and acclaim as they, as they start to um, produce more and really refine their craft. But there are a ton of beautiful wineries. Oh my gosh. And right now <laughs> we actually just went down there to the Wilcox area um, a couple weekends ago, me and my husband, and it is so green right now. Talk yeah. about beautiful views while you sip some wine um, with all of the rain that we've had. It's, it's like grasslands out there. Laura, tell us about the Santa Xavier uh, Co-op Farm. It's the new nonprofit partner that you guys have chosen. Tell us a little bit more about them. Yeah, so they are a farm that is on the uh, Tohono O'odham Nation. It's run by the nation there. Um, and it is a farm that um, is really committed to healthy farming practices and growing traditional crops. Um, I'm not sure how much everyone knows about the, the UNESCO City of Gastronomy designation that Tucson has, but in addition to just the restaurant theme here, a large, large portion as to why we received that really special designation was because of the history of um, native crops that have been grown here for thousands of years. And San Javier Co-op Farm um, is committed to continuing to grow a lot of those native crops that are really authentic and native to where we are here. Um, so it's really exciting to support them. They grow crops that a lot of local restaurants use. They actually also grow um, hay and a lot of feed that local livestock uses as well. Um, so they, what they're doing is, is maintaining the tradition of crops grown here, and it's just really exciting to support them. Well, Laura, there's a there's a a, a a word that describes that, and it's it's called locavore, like almost you know, like omnivore, or herbivore, or carnivore. Locavore is someone who consumes locally grown product, locally grown food, and I think that's a, a, you know a really cool uh, a really cool notion that you guys have brought on this non this nonprofit partner with, because obviously keeping it local is just supporting the community that much more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. I agree. <laughs> so SonoranRestaurantWeek.com is where people can go to get more information. It's it's a very comprehensive website. It's got all of the restaurants that are listed there, all 50 of them. There's a cool interactive map that you can see where all the restaurants are located. You can click on one, go somewhere. If you're going to be in the area and you want to support Restaurant Week, you can do that. Um, there's a uh, there are prefix menus at all of the restaurants, anywhere from 25 to $35. There's family-type uh, dining there's meals for two, all kinds of different options for people out there. Laura, thank you for your time. Good luck with this year's Sonoran Restaurant Week. It runs September 10th through September 19th, so a 10-day event. Get out there, support the community, and support the San Xavier Co-op Farm. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure, Laura. You have a great day. You That's too. Laura. Bye, Jeff. That's Laura Reese, co-creator of Sonoran Restaurant Week. And, look, you know how I am. I always want to support local. I'm always one of those people that keeps it local. It's just one of those, I, I guess it's just kind of old school of me. But, man, you know, I'll, I'll be sure to hit up. Cause I'll be in Tucson all weekend. I'll be in Tucson Friday, Saturday. Uh, I won't be coming home till Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. So I'm definitely going to be stopping off at plenty of these places. Um, there's a lot of great options out there. Tucson Tamale is on the, uh, is on the list. You can go to Casino del Sol, go to the PY Steakhouse at Casino del Sol. Uh, also, the, the Italian restaurant, the um, uh, Bellissimo Ristorante at uh, Casino del Sol, they're involved as well. Tons and tons of places. Culinary Dropout, uh, the Charo family and, and their restaurants are involved. Uh, Diamond Cafe at Desert Diamond Casinos. Lots and lots of different options out there. 
Um, and, and for, you know, for all different uh, flavors and tastes. And as I mentioned, it's a prefix menu. Prefix menu means it's just there's they have a special menu of, of items that they've designed for restaurant week. And it's either twenty five or thirty five dollars. Again, it's for like you can. They have some places have like family meals. Some places have meals for two for those. You can just go check them out. And there's all kinds of great things. And of course, it all stays local and helps the San Xavier Co-op Farm. They're uh, growing local crops that is used by the local uh, Tucson restaurant tours and uh, and the breweries and stuff. And you know, it's just it's it's great to keep it all in house. And uh, of course, we'll be uh, we'll be talking with Borderlands Brewing Company. They're one of the uh, one of the the purveyors of fine craft beer. Going to be talking with them coming up uh, in hour number two as well. So lots of stuff going on in the city of Tucson over the next couple of weeks. And uh, be a part of it. Sports community, be out there. Be a part of it all. And uh, we're looking forward to it. All right. We're going to do it right now. We're going to give you your chance to win some tickets. My tickets to this Saturday's game. This is your chance to register to win, essentially. Get an entry in for today. It's time to text to win. Text the word. We're going to go with the word Jed, as in our head coach, Jed Fish. So Jed, J-E-D-D. Text the word J-E-D-D to 68683. The number is 68683. Text the word Jed, J-E-D-D, for your chance to win a pair of my tickets to this Saturday's game against San Diego State, the football home opener at Arizona Stadium with the new coach. Desert is rising. It's time to bear down Arizona and cheer on your Wildcats to victory. Message and data rates may apply if uh, if you're uh, one of those folks that has to pay for text messaging. But text right now, JED, J-E-D-D, to 68683 for your chance to register to win my tickets to the game this Saturday. Good luck, and we will announce our winner. We'll announce our winner on Friday. We have two winners because I got four tickets, two pairs we're giving away. We'll have two winners that we're going to announce on Saturday. On Friday, Saturday. We're going to announce it on Saturday. Uh, announce it on Friday, and then once it's announced, we're just gonna we're just gonna pop the tickets right into your phone. We're just gonna send them right to your phone. You got them digitally. You gotta walk up, present your phone, bang, you're in the game. Have a good time. Wear red. Cheer on your Wildcats and uh, have some fun. So there you go. Text uh, Jed to six eight six eight three for your chance to win. All right, we're gonna take a timeout. When we return, we'll start talking about some NFL. There's some NFL news and notes. Um, I have my list of breakout fantasy players that you can find some of the later rounds of fantasy drafts. I know that the season starts tomorrow, but I was out last night, and there were a lot of people on their tablets and phones doing fantasy drafts, so it is the season. Also, The Athletic came out with their NFL 100 list. They've been doing it over the last 100 days, essentially a countdown to who they believe is the best player in pro football history, and number one was announced this morning. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN, Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN, Tucson. Thanks again to Laura Reese, cook creator of the Snort Restaurant Week. Always great to catch up with uh, people doing things in the local community in Tucson and Southern Arizona and uh, supporting local restaurants, local growers, and, uh, of course, everybody who uh, likes to support uh, your local community. Restaurant Week starts September 10th through the 19th, and we'll talk with uh, the CEO of Borderlands Brewing Company coming up in hour number two. I'm super excited for that because their beer is awesome. NFL news and notes. The Ravens uh, signed Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad uh, yesterday after losing both J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill to season-ending injuries. 
So the signing of Le'Veon Bell, who's 29 years old, um, is a you know he's going to be probably third on the depth chart at the running back position there. Now Bell was with the Jets last season, played 11 games, had 308, uh, 28 rushing yards and one touchdown. So not a great amount of production from the uh, from the aging veteran, but may still have enough in the tank, especially with a team like the Baltimore Ravens, who where they they led the NFL in rushing attempts, rushing yards, yards per carry. Like they, you know, they they're just they they run the football extremely well, as well as any team in the NFL does, and uh, have been over the last couple of years, especially with that dynamic quarterback that they have running around like crazy. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if Le'Veon Bell can find a little bit of a resurrection nearing the latter parts of his career, because you know he's not Frank Gore. You're going to play till he's 40 at the running back position, which is unheard of. Um, but uh, yeah, nonetheless, Le'Veon Bell signed to the practice squad. Now, interestingly enough. In similar news, the New Orleans Saints have released running back Latavius Murray. Now, Latavius Murray, who's 31, a couple years older than Le'Veon Bell, was able to find that fountain of youth in New Orleans last year. He averaged 4.5 yards per carry and 7.7 yards per catch in 2020. Now, why would they release somebody like that? Well, he was going to be a $4 million cap hit for New Orleans. So New Orleans went to him and they said, we would like you to restructure your contract. He refused to take a pay cut, and five days before his season begins, he's out of a job. <laughs> That's the NFL for you, folks. He's been, he's done everything that was asked of him. He's been a great veteran. He made the, you know, the 53-man roster, refuses to take less pay, and the team goes, bye. Okay, you don't want to take less? You'll take none. <laughs> Here's that. Look, NFL is a brutal business, folks. It just goes to show you, it doesn't matter what your production is, you're a number. And it's just like corporate America. I mean, I've been there before. I've been fired when my ratings were really good. <laughs> I mean, you know, just been there before. Ratings are ratings are good. You know, in, in look, in the sports market, especially in a, like a big market like Phoenix, it's difficult to break in because there are so many other great radio stations and doing great things, and there's tons of competition. If, you, if you're a sports talk show and you're even on the list somewhere, uh, you're considered to be doing pretty well. Okay, You're going to make some money. Uh, your sales staff is happy. They're able to go out and sell your show and all this other stuff. But it didn't matter because the company that I worked for decided to lay off 2,000 people one day, and they were just like, we don't care what their ratings are. This is the number we need to get to, and this is the person we need to cut. They didn't even see a number. They just see a social security number. They see the salary, and then they're like, gone. Got to go. I mean, the NFL, very little difference. Very little. I mean, Le'Veon, uh, not Le'Veon Bell, uh, Latavius Murray was obviously a, a good player for the Saints last year and uh, still has some left in the tank, made the team. But $4 million cap hit was too much, and they cut him. So, interestingly enough, he's now looking for work. And the Ravens, who have lost two, both their starting running backs essentially uh, this season, now you know looking for Gus Edwards to tow the uh, be the bell cow for that uh, for that team alongside Lamar Jackson, of course, may be interested in looking at Latavius Murray, maybe bring him in for a workout. We'll see what happens with that. But those are just a couple of little news and notes from the NFL. Um, I mentioned Gus Edwards; he is one of my breakout fantasy players. Like, these are players who aren't going to be drafted in the first four rounds, although. Gus Edwards may be moving up that list rapidly now that both J.K. and Justice Hill have been taken out uh, due to injury this season. Gus Edwards of the Ravens is definitely at the top of that list. Another guy that I really like is Michael Pittman. 
of uh, of the Colts. I think that he's a guy that that you know he could potentially have a, a big season this year. Uh, he's big, obviously. We we know him well, right? Uh, we know him from his time at UFC here, uh, USC here in the in the Pac-12. Um, I, I think he's probably got a thousand yard season in him this year. I, I think he's going to be very good. Another player who I think is going to be a breakout fantasy player this year, and I think it's interesting because my list of breakout fantasy players, I'm like, okay, Pac-12 player, Pac-12, Pac-12. I, maybe I'm just familiar with these guys, or I don't know. But I think Brandon Ayuk, as much as I hate to say it for a, a scummy in the NFL, I think Brandon Ayuk is going to have a phenomenal season for the 49ers this year. He, from all the things that I've heard out of 49er camp and the things that I've read, and uh, Matt Mayoko does a great job covering the 49ers, he's the best route runner on the team, and he's gotten a lot more savvy at sitting in zones. Uh, we all know how fast he is and how quick twitchy he is. I think he's going to have a breakout season. LaVisca Chenault is another guy on the list. I like him. They used him a lot in the preseason. He's tough. He's big. He's got a great catch radius. He'll bail out Trevor Lawrence in a lot of catches. I think LaVisca Chenault is going to be a, a big guy in a PPR league. And then I think a guy who's not no longer a sleeper anymore, Damian Harris, running back for the Patriots. I think he'll have a big season as well. Also look for Jerry Judy in Denver. He only had 113 targets last year. Now, because the quarterback sucked, he didn't wasn't able to haul him in, but 113 targets, if they've improved a little bit, he's going to have like 75 catches this year. All right, that's our number one of the books. We're moving on to our number two. Stay tuned. It's just a two-minute quick turnaround. We'll be right back here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson. 